What's up, everybody? Welcome yeah. to the Zach Dressler Show. I'm Zach Dressler. If you haven't been here before, that's who I am. Uh, thank you for tuning in for the first time. Uh, welcome back, subscribers. If you haven't subscribed yet and you want to, smash it. Smash it. Smash, smash it. the subscribe button. Tell a couple friends, you know, if you want. No biggie if you the don't. The overwhelming majority of the people watching right now are not subscribed. Please subscribe. Yeah. That would help us. Yeah. Please. That would that'd be huge. Um, you know, there's a lot of great content that comes on this channel. This weekly show is one of them. Um, if you, by chance, can't watch the whole thing on YouTube and want to listen to the audio portion in your car, wherever you're at, you know, in the bathroom, taking a shower, driving somewhere that you probably shouldn't be driving without a mask, wherever you want <laughs> to, you know, you can listen to the audio version on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher. Everywhere. Everywhere. Zach Dressler Show. Uh, today's guest, uh, uh, fabulous, fabulous comic, Ellen Doyle. Uh, the Her Instagram handle is This Broken Adult. Go check her out. Uh, she is fantastic. Uh, she's going to be the next big comic out there. Um, she's hilarious. She's a, she's she's a hysterical, hysterical, hysterical person. Um, jokes are just fucking top notch. Effortless. Man. Yeah. Too, and, yeah. And, and she's a good friend of mine. We lived together for a little bit. Um, just please do me a favor. Go follow her. You, you won't regret it. Um, but uh, how you doing, man? How you doing, Indy? Doing good, man. It's good to see you. Yeah. It's been a little while, um, you know, uh, but, you know, it's always good to uh, to talk again, you know. It's, I enjoy it's this. pandemic, man. You don't, I only get to, yeah. I luckily get to talk to my girlfriend every day, but yeah. not not a lot of people get to talk to anybody. No, nah, this, it's <laughs> the interacting with friends and, and, you know, former colleagues, whatever you want to call it, it's been, li it's been limited, you know. I mean, there's people you know, that I'm really, really good friends with that I barely talk to and that live in Los Angeles. And it's not, it's nothing, and it, it's it's weird. It's nothing that I'm not offended by it and I know they're not offended. I think it's just we've gotten to this point where we're, hit, we're hitting a year. It's been a year since we've gone to this lockdown. And I think there's just nothing to really talk about. No, we can there's only so much we're able, we're allotted to do unless you live in Florida or Texas now. But even then, I feel like we're yeah. still restricted in terms of what we should be doing and, and limiting ourselves to our daily routines because it's not normal life. Yeah, I, I also think, like, this also kind of, like, unveiled how the sausage is made in society in that, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of goes like, oh, wait, this is how we're all set up? And also, like, like even when, like, the the lockdown lifted for filming in L.A., I think it was August. Yeah. September, for a August. Brief, for a brief moment before they walked it back it was, down. Then, yeah. We all got to see how long it takes for TV shows to get made. Yeah. Because we saw L.A.'s filming again, but then you didn't see a new show come out for two months. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, that's how TV's made? Yeah. You see, okay, then they're shooting, and now it takes X amount of time. Like, yeah. we just see it as new show, new episode, new yeah. season. Season premiere, season finale. Especially, and especially with these new COVID restrictions, you know, I'm sure it took a, a look, yeah. you know, because TV shows can be made pretty fast when, they, when they're rolling full, yeah. full, full function pr uh, production. Yeah. But because of the way everything is, it's not the same way anymore. It's just not, it's just not possible. Um, you know, and, and this is a good segue in terms of like, you know, this, this opening topic, which uh, is going to be, you know, from the harder, like kind of, you know, off my cuff of my head that I, I sort of wrote certain things down, but you know, I, I like to, you know, I, I, I'm a chatty guy. I talk about, you know, talk to my coworkers when I have them, my friends about, you know, a lot of things, but you know, I, I, as I've gotten older, I've been really, um, less public about my feelings, about my emotions. And I think it's just because, uh, I trust less people. 
But, you know, this pandemic and especially the past two to four years, I've really been struggling with um, anxiety and, you know, which spirals into depression. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know where this con- this this piece is going to go here, but uh, recently I've been really struggling with it. And I think it's just, I just, the combination of things, I think it's, you know, I'm sad to see this is like the where the world is and everything. And I'm, I, I haven't seen my family and my friends from back home in New York and New Jersey in over a year. You know, I see my brother every other week. You know, he's now moved out to L.A. But it's still, it's still, it, it doesn't feel real because it, there's all these things, these restrictions. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I know I come on here and I have, I, I joke and I have a good time. Um, and that's genuine. That's all genuine. You know, I, I think, you know, when we, when I talked about last episode with Tristan about like, you know, this depression that I, I keep in, you know, I joke about it to, 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 to keep people at bay because I just think people don't want to hear everyone's going through shit. Everyone is going to, like Tristan was saying, you know, in the previous episode, you know, when he made foxes, he made it about himself and what he was going through. And he didn't realize how many people it actually, it, 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 not, it touched and it, you know, and it, um, you know, and, and people that were coming, I, you know, I struggle with this as well. And I know people will sympathize with me and some people be like, you're not really that bad. You know, you know, your life isn't that bad. You shouldn't be this upset but you know i think it's just sometimes i internalize so much that it just it bogs me down and you know i, I don't know how to feel and i and i i do need to go see a therapist uh but unfortunately those things cost money as well you know i i was seeing therapy uh when i did have a full-time job but it wasn't you know it was only once a month and that wasn't enough but because there was so much limit in terms of like my my coverage my provider there were so many people that needed it i wasn't in the threshold of what they call at risk or suicidal. And, you know, that doesn't mean I don't have those thoughts, but, you know, talking to someone is, is a huge help, but it's, it costs money and I don't have the money right now. And so like, I think sometimes I, I should use this show just to vent and just to talk about things. And like, you know, Andy, you've gone through a lot of fucking shit the past six months and I admire how you've handled it, you know? Yeah, man, it's it's a journey, man. Like you know, just like you say, everybody's going through something. You know, yeah. like it's you know, um, happiness is never something you're gonna be. It's something that you are. It's true, right? So like, it's not something that you can attain. So right. like, if we try to if we try to reach for it, it's already within us. So there's nothing to reach for, like other than turning. It's weird because turning to the turning internal can be dangerous and positive. Of course, yeah. I just I just feel like I've just become numb. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like this numbing feeling. Like there's nothing. There's nothing that. I, there's not much that brings me joy. Like you know the things that used to bring me joy, sports, all that stuff. It's just. It's not, and it, and it maybe and it's probably because of the current situation we're living in. It's you know it's. This 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 pan, pandemic current pandemic situation, um, you know, I'm just I'm trying to find that joy. I'm trying to find that spark again. I don't know where it went. You know, I I've, you know, it's I feel like you know a lot some of it went away when my mom passed. You know, 16, 17 years ago, and I've struggled to get to that point again. Um, you know, you know, I always think about 
what my life would be like if she was still around. You know, there's a lot of people that wouldn't be in my life right now if she was still around. I'm not saying that in a negative way or a positive way. I'm just saying it in a factual way. You know, my stepmom, my step, my step siblings, all that stuff. People that you know, who knows if I would have gone to Australia. You know, I lived right. in Australia for a year, and who knows if I would have done that if my mom was around? Because I probably wouldn't have left my mom. I don't know if I would have even moved out to LA. You know, and there's so there's are some good things about it, but you know, I think it's just this pandemic, this. Uh, you know, everyone's suffering from different degrees of depression. And, you know, I just feel like the emptiness and sadness and aloneness sometimes. And, um, you know, like we talked about in the previous show as well, I think social media attributes to that. I think social media is a huge, um, you know, contribution to that, you know, uh, that sadness, that negativity, that loneliness. Yeah. Keep up with the Joneses. It's yeah. the new age version of that. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you know... 15 years ago no one gave a shit about how many followers you had no. you felt good about no, your friendships the real the real ago, friendships you made 15 years ago nobody was online during the day because they had jobs and were at school remember that where you're like oh they're not online yet they're not home from school yet yeah <laughs> like, right you're you're, you know, you're, now, you're aim like right, you, get, right. you know you're, yeah, whatever it was whatever yeah. whatever you know thing there was there was myspace but it wasn't like as interactive as it is with facebook and everything and tiktok and right. it is now and, you know, but it's like, you know, this, this world that we've created, this virtual world we've created is, is, is causing, I feel more people to. It hurts and it helps because like, at least we'd be able to FaceTime and to zoom people and to actually do that. But also 100%. like it comes at a cost with f fatigue and also it's like, well, yeah, we're up in seven days or in, in 11 days, it's going to be a year. Yeah. You know, yeah. in this in this lockdown, you know, yeah. and like, you know, my mom passed the December before lockdown, and having we did her funeral on the f like the week before lockdown, Jesus. like, and everybody was like, even people people still flew out. It was it wasn't a, the best turnout, obviously, because like things were like turning bad. They were they were getting to that point, right? Yeah, we yeah. were like, don't travel, stop doing stuff, yeah. and then like we had the funeral, and then the next week. Like it was almost like it was weird. Like my mom passed. Like it was almost as if it was a blessing. She didn't have to go to the hospital during COVID. She didn't have to go through wear a mask all the time and do all these things. Like, like it's it's weird because I think we have to do our best to remind ourselves of the silver linings. Yeah. Because there's no there's nothing else, and I think there is more good in the world than bad. You know that's why we all stop at stop signs and then maybe. The, <laughs> And stoplights, and then the one percent or whatever percent it is, yeah. don't. I never thought of it that way. That's a good way to look at it. And you know, uh, there's more good in the world than bad. I, I I want to believe that. I'm not saying you're wrong because right. I I, 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 I say that as a fact so that I believe. No, it. And, and, <laughs> right. and I and I and I, and I want to believe that. And I think it's just like everyone goes through different things in their lives that you know may alter that 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 thought. Right. Or it doesn't opinion. mean evil doesn't exist. A hundred percent. There's definitely right. evil in the world, but. You know, I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's an important thing to say. I think everyone has different sharing and cope, coping mechanisms for how to treat their own, you yeah. know, anxiety and depression. And, and it was um, it's easy for me because I'm like, uh, like it's it's so much harder for my dad. Yeah. You know, like going going into lockdown alone, four months after your wife dies of like thirty eight years. You and, know, and, like which is very isolating to begin. You know, it's yeah. just so it's it's just it's insane. It's insane. And like, what can you do too? like, 
in a pandemic where I'm like, okay, dad, do you want to pay for me to get rapid tests every time I see you? Cause I can't afford to do that. Yeah. And it was, it's like, Hey, do you want to pay, you know, 400 bucks a month for me to see you? Yeah. You know, like it, and it, it should, and that's the thing. It's, it it shouldn't even be that, you know, that, right. that, and, that, and right. that's just, and that adds another layer to this, like yeah. the, the like anxiety and depression is just like, you know, I got to get tested. That's more money. That's more money I'm not making. That's, you know, and right. like I, this job and all this yeah. shit. Ugh. Yeah. And like, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to see the silver linings. Cause like, I, I, I don't know. It's not like a checklist I do, but I make sure that I practice gratitude every day. I wake up and I look outside and I, and I see another day and I'm like, wow, okay, let's do this. Like, uh, like, I'm glad I, I can be able to work from home remotely. I can be able, I don't have to wear a mask all day. I don't, I'm not a frontline worker. Like those people are like yeah. heroes, Yeah, you know? No, so absolutely. like, not like heroes, they are heroes. No, they are. Right? So like, it's just finding the things where it's like, you know, I could be making lattes all day huh. with a mask on. Yeah. Yeah. Like put yourself in that person's shoes that I go there. Like I went there today to buy a Starbucks and I just saw them for that five minutes I was there and I forgot about them. Right. And they're there for eight hours, 10 hours. Right. Yeah. So like it's just being able to go what like we're not necessarily experiencing suffering at this moment. Yeah. It's a collective suffering that we're all feeling. Exactly. You know, and it's it's not acute. It's dull and and deep. Yeah. I could have said about Yeah. That's a really good point. Really well said, Indy. Thank you, man. This is what the Zach Dressler show. <laughs> and again, I didn't know where I was going to go with this. I just, I just feel like I need to get off my chest because I've been feeling down. I've been feeling melancholy. I, you know, just something cumbersome in my body, like in my, in my emotions. Um, what, what thing that is entertaining that is static, that is constant? Nothing. Right. Right. Like we're going to have shows like this. We're going to have shows that aren't like this. Yeah, of course. They're all going to be entertaining. Variety. Yeah. But if there's, if the, you know, I would love people's suggestions and, and like, you know, and in, in your thoughts on what you do to stay positive, you have ideas, you know, uh, you know, other than therapy, if something that you do yoga or like some book you read, a yeah. mantra you say to yourself every day, like, you know, what Indy was talking about, you know, comment below, let us know. I'd love to know, you know, I, I want to, I want po positive vibes only really, you know, like I, yeah. I, I like to be negative every once in a while in a jokey way, but for this, this particular thing, let's just be positive, positive, right. positive, 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 positive. Like, uh, how bad will you feel if if you practice gratitude? How bad will you feel if you give yourself a break? But it's hard for a lot of people because I know, people, I know, yeah, I know. It's, it's but hard. Like, it's 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 tough to understand that it's within our control. But like saying that is so almost. Uh, it's within your control. It's almost like yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah. whatever. Fuck off. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but but it's true. It's yeah. true, and that's what's it's tough to come to grips with that we're in control of those things. Yeah. Right. And obviously genetics has to pay, you know, plays a part in it, but a lot of it's attitude, you know, it's like, I even saw a video, you know, 50, 50% of women with a certain gene will get breast cancer. And some, and 50% is you could view that as I'm going to die or I'm going to live. And the video I was watching was like the people who live have a sunny or have a have a mindset that is I'm in the fifty percent that's going to live, not die. So we are in control of that 
right? It's not my show. I don't. I don't no, no, I'm listening. I, so I, I, I'm, I'm entertaining yeah. this. I, I agree. Right. I, it just it's it's hard to wrap these things into words and, and and practice them because, like you said, it's 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 all around. You know what? It, right. It's all around us. Yeah, the collective suffering. It's wide and deep. You know, like it's even talking about it is is uh, exhausting. Right, because like, like even like Ellen, who we'll talk to in a second, like she was going through like, yeah, I, I have two hours of COVID jokes, <laughs> you, you know, like it's like how also how useful is that going to be after COVID? Not very, right? But right. like, so like, it's what we're going through, right? And it's like this is go- this is going to go away. A pandemic, a pandemic has happened before, and it's faded away. But let's think about the law. Lo- but yeah. I feel like the these there's gonna be like long lasting. Oh my God! The kids in school, post kids, yeah. I, you know I'm what just, I mean? I'm, I'm interested on child development on how this is going to change. Like, I was homeschooled for fourth and fifth grade, and I gained like eighty pounds. Huh. That's how I got big. Really, was I was homeschooled. My mom didn't like the curriculum, and I'm not blaming this on my mom. No, no, <laughs> but no. Like, but I get that. that. There's, the there's tons, of, tons of people that are, are homeschooled, and I, I and and I'm reading yeah. that too. You know, like there's. It's Zoom fatigue. People are, yeah. like kids are getting Zoom fatigue from not being in the class, and I, and, and I get that because I mean, listen, uh, in a workday when we're working at a company, when we're at BuzzFeed, yeah. you know, I had to set an alarm on my phone to remind me every forty five minutes to take a break, fifteen minutes from the computer, and go walk around, give my yeah. eyes a break, give myself a mental you charge. You doing that now? No, <laughs> no, we, no, we all are. Not, well, none right. of us are. Yeah. None of us are. And I, and 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 then. You know, it's interesting because I think it's like something we talked about in the previous episode with Tristan, where he said that it's just it, it, you know, he he liked the the work from home in the beginning, but now it's right. just too much. Right. You know, it's like it, it's there's be- no delineation between th- life and work. Exactly. And, and also, you don't want to appear that you're not being productive. So yep. there's a there's a line that you have to tread where like you have to go. I only answer emails this time. Yeah. After this point, I'm done looking at and it's and it's because you look up and it's two hours after that point and you're like yep fuck like, well that was the thing it was you know and and, and i think it's it, it it regiments you going to the job regiments you i mean i, I need that regiment yeah, regimentation yeah. you know i i need to be at a certain place whether it's between nine and ten right. you know know that i'm working the hours until five and six you know right. and then going home and leaving work at work now don't get me wrong there's plenty of times i bring work home or i bring the emotion of work home but right. now it's there's like you said there's no delineation between it it's just and when I was working at Universal before I got let go because of COVID, you know, I started just working, you know, I would, I would, I wouldn't start working until noon sometimes. And then I'd be working until midnight because yeah. it was just, I had nothing else to do. So I was like, fuck it. Let me just get rid of the work. And that's not a way to live. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a interesting time because. And even the small, sorry, even the small things no, we can't yeah. do anymore. Like go to the, go play fucking pickup. And, and if you are playing pickup hoops, great. I'm not going to sit here and shame you for going to live your life no. during a pandemic, but just to be aware of like this, you know, there are repercussions. There are things that happen because we are not following guidelines. Right. You know, I don't know if I'm not going to be sitting here and be like, you know, if we just sat here for six weeks and, and locked down that this thing would be gone. I, I can't, I can't, I I can't get behind that because again, the the science is was too new. Yeah, people, there's no way, there's no way unless we're North Korea. There's no way to control that many people. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, but um, I I definitely do want to 
thank you for for sharing your your story. I think that's I don't want to gloss over. No, but like, like you said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about awesome. this again. I mean, yeah. this is just the way I feel, and, and like I said, I've been feeling this way for I feel like what's been like for the past two to four years. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I really, it's really endured, endured the past year because of COVID. Right, and it's just crazy to me that we've hit this year mark, and I feel like things have gotten slightly better since this this thing has started. And only because of the va- vaccines. Yeah, like like yeah. It's it's interesting, but I it'll go away. It'll take a long, long time. Like twenty thirty, yeah, we won't be wearing masks. Well, it'll be a a memory, a pretty recent memory. Yeah, but it'll be gone. We we'll be going to concerts. Yeah, I mean, I think that will happen by twenty twenty four, twenty five. That's what I'm saying. Twenty thirty, it's gonna be a memory, right? And like, and this happened in the in the teens in nineteen nineteen, right? And it's it's that ended, and then we forgot about it, and then a war happened, and then nobody even remembered the pandemic until another pandemic happened, yeah. right? So like, we're in an ebb and flow. This is just a really well, history's long just ebb. repeating itself, is what it seems like too. Right. But I, I also think there's going to be a huge silver lining in remote work. Um, I know that my the uh, company I work for is completely going remote in terms wow. of in terms of if you don't need to be in the office, you don't you're not going to the office. Um, now a job like me, I'm in it, so I have to go in there and turn on some hard drives or mess with the server or whatever, but you know, it's, it's, it's tiered now. So it's like, there's like, you don't need to go to office. You kind of do. And then you have to. (laughs) So like, there is going to be some good that comes out of this because I had to drive two hours a day to get to work. And that's now two hours that I could spend exercising, but I don't. (laughs) Right. 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 So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. A year in, yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Listen, no one. Listen, uh, listen. It took me. It took me. You know, thirteen, fourteen years in my adult life to realize I needed to get in shape. You know, like <laughs> I was in shape until like I was like twenty two, twenty three, and then you know I I stopped and you know just didn't care and then you know when i was 36 i got this opportunity through buzzfeed to lose all that weight and i needed to because you know i got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and i didn't want to you know yeah and it's still it still affects me like i you know i i go through ebb and flows of eating healthy eating crappy eating healthy and i want to eat crappy i feel the diabetes taking over yeah so <sighs> does that go away if you lose weight it's controlled if you lose weight. controlled it's controlled okay. it's managed so like i don't yeah, yeah, old baby. No, but we could get to my diabetes some other time. We don't need to get. Into yeah, that. No, I just wanted to share how I was feeling. That's okay. Let's you know, do that. I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to talk with you about it. Yeah, but um, everybody's going through it, and it's tough to. It's 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 weird because like yeah, it's such a cliche, but everybody's going through it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. also, dude. Invest your money because after this pandemic, it's going to boom. <laughs> it's going to boom. I know. I know. It's going to boom. And <sighs> I think that's a good segue into. Right. Yeah. So we're going to have Ellen. That's a great segue to bring in Ellen Doyle now. <laughs> uh, fantastic comedy friend. Let's get her on the show. Shall we? Oh, all right. 
Are you acting like it's a new day? Is this a continuity error? Yeah, it's kind. Con- so I had I was interviewing someone else beforehand, so I don't want it to always look this like I'm wearing. Because I did that, like I think, like the first three, I was like, I'm like, I'm wearing the same goddamn plaid shirt. <laughs> that's your thing, then. Then that's your merch. <laughs> that's my that's my merch. <laughs> the one plaid shirt that I use that Carrie uses to get photos as she's taking for auditions to audition as a lesbian. Um, <laughs> it works. Everyone's making money off of it. Yeah, you know, everyone says everyone says it's you know it's great. You know, like dating the same sex is great because you can always share the same wardrobe. Well, guess what? Carrie and I share the same wardrobe regardless in terms yeah. of shirts, not bras or pants or anything like that, but shirts. You're not there yet, but you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So it's so early in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you joining me on the show. I really yeah, do. thanks for having me. Um, this is like, you know, uh, something that, uh, you know, I've been wanting to, you know, here's the thing is that I'm glad you joined me because Carrie, Carrie still won't join me. Really? Ca- Carrie's like, I, I don't have nothing to talk about. I'm like, you have tons of shit to talk about. I go, we've been, laugh alone. I go, exactly. I'm like, we've been living <laughs> together for two years. We've been talking about plenty of shit. It could have been a whole fucking, you know, lifetime movie at this point. I know. <laughs> you know? So this is Ellen Doyle. Ellen Doyle is, well, I think, a fantastic comic. Uh, should, I, should I call you a road comic? Because Carrie was like, she's a great road comic. I'm like, not a great comic, Carrie. She's she's a great comic, but she travels. She's like what a traditional comic is, you know, that a lot of people don't do anymore. Like you, this is, you know, being on the road, doing tours, doing shows. Uh, Yeah. I guess so. Right? No? I'm currently in Minneapolis. Are you doing a, Are you doing a show or are you working? I'm doing a show okay. here, which is also work. But yes, I also do production stuff. I'm not working on that right now. Right, right. But I, the comedy is the thing. And I, and you're listen. I've I've known you now for what's it two years through Carrie. Yeah. Like, so I, mm-hmm. I I I met Ellen through Carrie. You guys met at the Saint was it Saint Louis Obispo Festival? Is, am I the San Louis Obispo Comedy Festival? Yeah. San Louis. San yeah. Louis. San. Not we San keep Louis. it all Spanish. <laughs> yeah, we keep it all Saint <laughs> Louis Obispo. <laughs> I always say, I always say Saint Louis. <laughs> That's indie. I always, I always say St. Louis, and Carrie's like, it's San Louis. I'm like, yeah, that too. That's a great place to go to as well. It's, uh, it also sounds beautiful. It yeah. also sounds stunning and beautiful. But yet you guys met there, and mm-hmm. I remember she was just like, she's like, you have to meet this wonderful woman that I just met, my new best friend, Ellen Doyle. And I go, sounds like a basic generic name, Ellen Doyle. Did you do? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, could you meet anybody less basic than that, Ellen Doyle? Uh, did you always get, when you were growing up, since you have the last name Doyle, did you always get from Adam Sandler's movies, oh, Doyle rules? Sure did, yeah. Did you yep, hate it? That's you still relevant. It? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I was in elementary school then, so I was just happy anyone was talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how did, so you met Carrie there, but how did you get into like standup? What, what, what was it that drove you stand up? Why did you want to do it? And like, why you can, you know, like what, what, like what, what interests you? Because I love standup. I wanted to do. I did do it, and now I've stopped doing it. And Carrie's like, "You yeah. should continue doing it because you're funny." And you I'm should. Like, I think you think I'm only funny, Carrie. No one else does. Yeah. No, you are funny. Oh, no. I, first and foremost, I got into comedy uh, when I officially started hating myself. Uh, I always wanted to do it, <laughs> but you don't ever start until you until tragedy strikes. No, I, it happened before tragedy struck. Uh, I I actually told my kindergarten teacher I wanted to be a stand-up comic. Did you really? Yeah, when they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, and I remember because my mom actually, uh, as five a five-year-old, told me how to spell it, comedian, like the female. Right. So that's how I like, she's like, oh, you know, it's like, let's not teach Ellen to read. She has no ambition in life. But and just I was like, comedian. Oh, well. <laughs> comedian. Um, 
And uh, I, I didn't start until uh, I was 30, actually. I had performed like I was a dancer for a very long time. Like since I was two, I went to college for it. And then I did like theater stuff. And uh, I don't know, stand-up always felt kind of unobtainable, I guess, which is weird because it's like, all you have to do is be like, where's the shittiest bar in town with a microphone, you know? <laughs> exactly. But I, Where but are people that don't dance- want to pay attention to me so I can yell into a microphone and they're like, what are you saying? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Anything. You're just like this. My friend owns a pizza place. You're like, that works. That works. Like, <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah. And then I was, a. Uh, I, I moved to Los Angeles. I started working in uh, production and, uh, of the reality TV variety, uh, because I hate myself that much and I hate everyone else. <laughs> no one's learning. Um, <laughs> so, and then being on, like everybody on set always has like another, uh, like passion, you know what I mean? Like right. they're also a photographer. They're like, they like do their own movies or, or now it's only um, fans. Right. You know, <laughs> That's or, or porn, just strictly porn. Strictly yeah. porn. <laughs> what do you do besides producing sex for money? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's on camera. You're like, oh, oh. Well, like course, then it's right. okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were Hollywood. just hanging out on Fourth Street, just being like, hey, you want to do this or yeah. what? <laughs> I don't always want to be a producer for reality. I want to be a whore. I'm I'll like, tell you, I'll produce. I'll come this, to your show. I'll produce this sex show we're about to have. On <laughs> yeah. uh, this home makeover show, if anyone needs a dildo shop, I know, I know where to go. And it's like. <laughs> Guys, we're buying a couch, <laughs> but just so you guys know. Yeah. And so then just being on set, everybody uh, was always like, do you do stand-up? And I was like, no. And they're like, I think you should do stand-up. And I was like, really? And that was like years of people saying that to a point that I was like, uh, I was on a show with a guy, a producer who did stand-up in the 90s. And he was like, you should, you definitely should do it. And I was like, I don't know where to begin. And he sent me to a class. And so I took a class, okay. which is great because um, I, I'm very much an accountability person where it's like if no one was pushing me, I would have just continued to not do it. Uh, but it was great, too, because after eight weeks, I had tape. Um, unlike most comics after eight weeks or eight years, sometimes they don't, have, don't, have, they don't have even a well-formed <laughs> joke, let alone yeah. tape. Right. So I had tape. And so then I was in Los Angeles. I was starting to do these rooms at the at the comedy store with like these people that I should not have been on stage with. Like I, uh, there were a couple openers, but like there were like three opening acts and then like Brian Callen that I got like booked on like in my first, yeah, like it was crazy, but, but I had tape. So like I was able to be like, hello, here's an email, blah, blah, blah. Um, And then from Los Angeles, uh, which I still technically have a mailing address. There's yours. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She is the third roommate that does not exist. No, I only. I only which, by the way, I, said, I, think, I was talking to Carrie real quick. Just a quick side. I was talking to Carrie. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, Ellen's coming on too. She goes, oh, that's great. She goes, you know, I, I really realized the other day, like when you were and you you were visiting two weeks ago. I was like, you live with us for like six months. I feel, <laughs> and in the six, and, and and our house is pretty fucking tiny, and the bathroom mm-hmm. is in our bedroom. So the bedroom, you would have to come in every night to you know do what you had to do. I'm surprised neither of us have ever seen each other naked. Like I was like, we've been to each other for six months, and we've That's never, actually, yeah, we've never no. walked at each other for like, oh shit, you're in the shower. Oh, I apologize. Oh, you're in the. Oh, uh, you were yeah. changing. I apologize. Uh we did a good job. I think we did a good job. We did. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I did pee in your yard before, just so you know. We've all peed in that yard. <laughs> Listen, I was like, the, it sounds like they're doing something, and I am not going to be like Tito's peeing. Yeah, can I use the bathroom? did you ever yeah, hear? Like, did dog. you ever it's hear fine. of us, Harris? Uh, you know. No, but I wanted to. I listened for it, but I wanted to. I, 
Well, next time so, we'll next time we'll give you a show. Please do. Yeah, there's no reason <laughs> at this point. We know we're all okay. Just with bring it. your bring your bring your audio <laughs> equipment. It just I want you to just hold a boom by the door <laughs> while we're banging. This would be the yeah the sweet sounds for me to go to sleep to on the road. <laughs> hey Alexa, I don't want to hear oceans crashing or rains falling while I fall asleep. <laughs> I want to hear two people bang. Yeah, balls against ass. Balls against. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Alexa, stop. <laughs> Don't ever save this conversation. Stop listening. Sorry. Yeah. So continue. So you took this class. Oh, no. You had this tape. I had tape. I was doing stuff in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, though, is a weird city to start comedy in because it's a showcase city. So you're only ever doing like at max if you're like headlining maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to do more time. So I started applying to festivals. Um and then in some of the festivals that the one that I met Carrie at, yeah, uh, you know, met a lot of people that I could get more work out on the road. And then one of the last festivals before the world shut down, I met a producer that was like, hey, I would like to record your album. And I was like, sweet. And uh, that was supposed to happen in April of 2020. I don't know if you saw the news. Um, did not happen. No, it did not. And, happen. Uh, <laughs> it did not happen. Uh, so now I'm doing I'm still doing these weird like you know, just road gigs until I can actually get the recording done. How I just is, wanted to do the longer sets. And know? how is it, how is it doing these road gigs in this like, you know, pandemic mask wearing world? Like, what is it like? Is it difficult? Are you, is it the room's capacity? Like, what is it like? The room's capacity is less depending on where you're at. Okay. <laughs> because I don't know if you saw the election. Not everyone believes in this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there were, uh, like I was in Wisconsin last week and uh, did three shows there. Uh, the the one was this brewery, this like super cool old building. Great show. Amazing. No one came in wearing masks. No one wore masks while they were there. And I was like, cool, I'm going to get COVID. But then I murdered. And so it's like you kind of forget for a minute. And I was like, I just did a really good job. And then I was like, I should go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> I murdered. You murdered me. We're all going to get murdered by COVID. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. It totally was. I was like, this is so weird, you know, especially because right before going to Wisconsin, I was in Los Angeles where it's like, you know, you, you walk zero. your dog. Yeah. So, but then there was another spot in Wisconsin, uh, like the other two spots were smaller rooms because that one was, it, it was a, like, it was a small bar that like the, the capacity was probably like 60 people. Okay. And I think, I think there were 40 in there, which is like too many. <laughs> too many, so, but I think it's still a great audience to perform in front of. I like those like awesome. I like the small audience like the 40 Absolutely. to 60 members. I feel like it's more intimate. You could do more, you know, crowd work with it and you know, people yeah. are going to be like Wah! No, they're fun. They're definitely it was such a fun show. Um but I mean, I take precautions while I'm doing my day-to-day -day errands here. I just uh yeah, the shows I think people are just dying to do something. But at this point I keep making jokes to them and I'm like you guys are just all like whatever, it's the fucking apocalypse. Let's just let's go to a show, honey, before we die. Let's have one last memory together. Let's watch this no-name comedian tell us jokes. Yay! Like, and that's not going to be for that much longer. I have a feeling. I it's not going to be. You're not going to be in quote as you say no-name comedian. You know? That would be awesome. I That'd think be awesome. you're you're going to be huge, Alan. I I think you're fucking awesome. I think you're hysterical. Um, I mean, I know Carrie. Thank does. you. And we are recording this. Okay. We are recording this. Uh, so <laughs> when I die, be like. Uh, I'm here to speak at Zach's uh, funeral, but I just want to play this clip real quick. 
Exactly. Thank you very much. Uh, he was a great guy. Have a nice day. You don't even have to like say anything else. <laughs> what could I say about Zach? What he said about me. <laughs> <laughs> Roll it. <laughs> and that's why he'll be missed. No one has complimented me since. Uh, usually Zach's saying, shut up, Ellen. And now he complimented me. Yeah, so. I know. That's why this is a big deal. <laughs> So, yeah, I hope it gets better. It's weird. Like last year I did stuff during the like the midst of the pandemic, but because like the summer, there were so many places that had like big outdoor spaces. And so it's like, this is fine. And outdoor shows are actually a lot of fun. You know, um, I did a show in a field. <laughs> so well, Woodstock, so, what do you mean you did a show in a field? Yeah. So speaking of big time, I did a show in a field. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, that was the big thing. Listen, Chappelle did it. You did it before Chappelle, and then Chappelle copied you. So basically. They did, and they did a special. Yeah. Right. Thank and he, you. And he, did it, and he did a half hour special. In a field. In yeah. a field. After it's, Ellen Doyle did a half hour special in the field. Yes, write that down. That is so true. I think I did it in June. His special didn't come out to like August or something. So Yeah, it was like end of July, beginning of August. Yep. Yep. <sighs> well. Um, <sighs> it's so hard being a woman in comedy. Well, talk about that. I want to, I want you to talk about that. What, 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 what is, what, it, I mean, listen, I, I, I've seen it like in the, when I was doing stand up, you know, the way women are treated differently, but from a firsthand experience, like what is, what, what the fuck's the problems? Like, why are people being such fucking dicks? Um, I mean, I do think that like it, it, women are just held at a different standard in general for anything. If this is just oh, another job that they're held at, at the lower standard of like, you can't do it because if you had a, a lady doctor, you know, and she didn't get to save a guy during surgery, like it's probably be the same thing of being like, how many people like, and that's what I feel like it is in anything like in comedy. Uh, there's just this, uh, you know, stigma that, that we're not funny. And here's the thing. I've seen plenty of women prove that correct. You know, just you go to open mics and girls get up there and they're like, so I'm slutty and sluts like, you know, and you're just like, oh, my God, this stupid. Like you see a lot of them, but like you forget that all the other guys that go up there, you're like, that dude sucked. Yeah. That, that's you know, in retrospect, like, I've seen I've seen if the same amount, if not more suck. Well, definitely because there's yeah, there's more dudes, but but there's also. Uh, and the opposite know, of like, oh, I'm a pretty woman. It's, it's oh, here's my dick and balls joke. You know, it, and it's sad because a lot of the, a lot of what I think people are comparing it at are like watching open mic comedy or like, you know, a, a show with with no name people that, you know, it's the risk. It's the risk you're taking like to be like, maybe this person isn't going to be good, but you shit on the women more so. And I will say that um, there's been a couple of times that being on the road, like I, I was doing a shoot in Atlanta a couple of years ago. And I got off of work early and I'm like, I'm going to go to a mic. And I went to this mic. I was super early. Like I had friends from work drop me off. It was like 40 minutes from the hotel. And I go in there. I sign up. I'm number four. The guy puts me up 17th, you know. And then when I go, and so there's less people in the room, like, but whatever. I go up. I do a good job. And he goes, hey, you should have said you were funny. I was like, you should have fucking put me up fourth. Like, I was like, does everyone that come in here say, hey, I'm funny, put me, like, I here's was, my like, funny I was card. Here. Look, I checked off yeah. four funny boxes. Now put me on the fifth one free. You know, and there was another scenario also in Atlanta, uh, same trip. I went to, someone was like, you should go to this, like, one spot. It's a really good, 
uh, it's an open mic, but it's like a show. So like you'll get like 10 minutes. There's like a huge crowd. So I go and I try to get on the show and the guy's like, yeah, you're next. Yeah, you're next. Okay. You're after this person. You're after, you know, and he's like, I don't have time for you. Like, and he sent me to, I'm not even kidding. A strip club was upstairs from this venue <laughs> and I go to this place. It's a super urban room. You know, he sends like little white girl there thinking like, fuck that girl. I do a great job there. He sees me at a mic later in the week and goes, hey, I heard that when I said you couldn't be on my show, I sent you to that fucking terrible place and you killed. He was like, so anytime you're back in town, I'll let you on. And I was like, I appreciate that. But it's crazy because I do feel like women always like, they won't give you the chance at first. Yeah, I go the extra mile you know to prove it. Yeah. And then when I prove it, they're like, oh, why didn't you say you were funny? Like, well, I didn't know that you could have done a good job doing comedy at a technically strip club that I sent you to. <laughs> I thought I was sending you to a pizza place or, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. a Chick-fil-A in the back room. It was so, I mean, and I was by myself. Like, it was so shady. And I was like, whatever. Like, let's just go do this. I want stage time. And it works out. I mean, it's just like the confidence. I think sometimes I always try to tell other women that do comedy that get, it's anybody. It's, it's male or female, but it's this lack of confidence sometimes. And I think because of the stigma that women aren't funny, I think girls walk in like that because there's there's an open mic in uh, Los Angeles that I love uh, the fourth wall. My buddy owns it. He's got like a bunch of different spots, but he started in the first original ones in North Hollywood, and it's a real broy, hard shit stormy room to do. I love it. It's a great place to work stuff out because yeah. you know it, it's it's got judgment free, which you need to have. Not that I'm like saying horrible shit, but like sometimes something comes out of your mouth, you don't want people to be like cancel culture like it's like i was trying to figure the joke out you know right which is which is um, which is like you know talking about that real quick that's why i stopped doing it because i was too worried and you're talking about like the confidence i was too worried i was going to say something while working out a joke even though it's a joke that someone might get the teensiest tiniest offense to and be like it's, it's it a- happens it happens to me i had somebody uh tell on me at a festival <laughs> tell on you yeah. what do you mean tell on you so here's, and this is actually another uh, women in comedy thing. So I, I did uh, the World Series of Comedy. I was doing a satellite uh, fest, like one of their competitions in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And the joke of that I was going to do is this joke about childhood cancer. Um, it's I've, a hoop. You've, to, you've, to, I've, you've told me. I love it. I love <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. You've told me it. It's a fantastic joke. But it's horrific. But it's, also, it's honest. And like, so I went in did my spot, won that round with the cancer joke. And one of the guys that was on the lineup with me who did not advance was like, I got to be honest with you. When you walked in, I was like, oh, here comes like some pretty girl. He was like, and then you just murdered that entire room. And I was like, thanks, man. The next night, part of the lineup or part of the rules of the competition is you have to do the same set. I was like, okay. So I do the same set. They hate did it. They one woman got up, went <laughs> to the judge, and said, uh, "Who manages her?" And he's like, "Not me." He's telling me this afterwards, and I was like, "She thinks I have representation. That's flattering." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, and she goes, "Yeah, well, I had cancer." And he's like, "Okay." And like her and her husband left. Like the whole room was like not into it. And the comics were laughing because they had heard me do it the night before and kill with it. And I was doing the same set. They're like, you just started telling the joke being like, fuck you, this is funny. And fuck you, this is funny. And fuck you, this is funny. Like, I'm not even, you guys are so like tight assed right now. Like you're not even, you just hear, some people just hear the word. 
And they're right. like, Hugh. but it's you like know, you're there, uh, for, you're there for, you're there for comedy relief. You're there for relief. You know, like, right. <laughs> don't get so upset. It's a joke. Like this is not representation of who you are. Well, I mean, and the way that they, the way that they responded, you would think that I was just yelling the N word. Like it was like, I'm like, that's bad. There's nothing. I have no joke that that could come up and be funny. Right. <laughs> and I don't right. think any white people do. <laughs> Nobody you know? does. Um, but yeah, it's like they just shut down. Like I'm like, man, can't. And it was crazy because when I won the first round, the judge was like, I didn't see that's where you were going with it. Has that joke ever failed? And I was like, no. And then it failed the next fucking. You jinx your, you jinx your fucking <laughs> self, Alan. That's what happened. Yeah. Like this is the well, best now- joke ever. <laughs> Boom. Now I'm kind of afraid of it. Like, it's a weird joke. Uh, I really have to read a room to be like, okay, I'm comfortable enough to do this joke, even though it, that's that's the tape that I send bookers. Like, huh. everybody, that's the tape on my website. Like, that's the first video you would see. Like, everybody knows this joke, and it's gotten me work. And then it's like, when it doesn't, it fails, like, one time. And I'm like, uh. But it was kind of cool, because the fact that it failed, I then wrote, uh, I had a, a drive from South Carolina to Los Angeles to write like 25 new tags for it to be like, or I could go like this, or I could go like that, you know, because if not, I never would have rewritten it because it was constantly working. Right, right. So, you know, the silver lining, I guess. That's, uh, yeah, I guess that's always a good point is like, you know, even though the joke has worked for so long, there's always ways you can rewrite it. Um, I Is there like a, when you're doing new jokes, do you have like an order of the way you want to present the new jokes? Like, when I say that, when I was doing new jokes, when I was doing stand-up, I always led with, like, I always did, like, my uh, B material to lead off. Then I would do my C material, which is, like, my newer jokes, you know, yeah. to try to, like, you know, see what happens and then end with my A material. So this way I could see how, if any of those jokes in the middle really resonated with anybody and put them somewhere different. Yeah, I think the middle makes sense. I only have A material, so I don't really know what you're talking about, but... <sighs> The confidence, <laughs> the confidence. So it's difficult for me to answer. You, can, you can't relate to me. I totally understand. I, I understand. No, I, I have tons of C material, very few B and a little bit of an A. I a get it. Okay. Well, that, uh, that fucking question bombed. That question was D material. That was that, yeah. was, that was material I should never fucking ask again because it's just going to come fucking flying back in my face like it just did. Well, <laughs> well it's then, so weird because I well then I say, guess I'm not going to ask you what's your biggest bomb because you don't bomb, Ellen. I just told you that lady yelled at me. That lady told on me. Um, no, I mean I, I think I don't want to ever say that you that there's an order to doing it because sometimes like if you're doing like a set, it's like oh this is my opener. And, oh, I kind of want to work on this. Like, you always do the, I kind of want to work on this in the middle. But sometimes it's crazy because something might have just happened yeah. that you're like, oh, this is hilarious. And then that's your opener. Right. And then now you're working on new material. But it's just when it's in the moment and it's right there and it's fresh and you can riff on it. Yeah. You know, you don't want to ever, because then it, it'll sound strange to be like, hey, da 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 this is how I start. What just happened outside of the parking lot? It's like the tone is so different that people yeah. are like, "Wait, the beginning it didn't seem like you were authentic, and like, now you seem right, right. real." It sounded it sounded like you know pre-planned out, and now you're being more organic and natural. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I always think it's best to to comment on something that's going on, either that just happened or like about the space, not in like a negative way, but um, 
you know, about anything that's happening right now before yeah. I get into material. No, I like that. Like, do it like it's kind of like what what happened in the crowd. Did someone like you know, you know, like interact with an, a, a comic beforehand that you want to like piggyback off of? Is it someone's birthday? Totally. Shit, some yep. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Or like you. You realize that there's like a, a funny named drink at the restaurant, like yeah. at the club, or you know or what I mean. Something just weird like, about the, the club in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it yeah, because then you're selling your personality first without, because uh, that's I think the thing that I try to when I write stuff is I try to make sure that it sounds as much like me the whole. I mean, it does sound like me, but that it sounds organic and natural constantly, right. even though I've said it a million times and. Right. Once it stops doing that, then it's like, take it the fuck out. Don't do it for a bit. Maybe you'll never do it again. Cause now I don't believe it. That's why it doesn't sound that way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like you do that with material for like a year or a year and a half. And then it's, you got to retire it or just put it away on the shelf for a bit before you can bring it back out again. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now, because of everything, it's all COVID pandemic, jokes. I, I have two hours of COVID jokes and then I do a quick a BJ uh, finish. Um, no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Women in comedy. What are they going to think of next? <laughs> They're so original. Um, no, but I, but like stuff has happened from, you know, you don't want to go all, you don't want to go all COVID. And you, and, of course. and you definitely right now don't want to get political. I will say that about going back out. And I don't have political material, but it's I'm like. Sure, and I'm sure in the places you are traveling to right now, like a lot of the Midwest, you don't want to get political because it's going to be a, a mixed bag. Well, and it is like, I mean, cause you figure like, you know, I've been staying in Pennsylvania for most of the pandemic and that's a split in half state. We were waiting for them to get results forever. And then Wisconsin was the same way, Yeah, you know, like, yeah. and it, you just, you don't want to bring it up cause everybody has just been dealing with it for so long. Like, you know, plus mm. I, I always think a political comic, unless you're really, really good at it and that's like your niche. But like, if, if you're just doing it just like to make a point, I'm like, no one gives a shit. Yeah. What this dumb this comic isn't going to be like, wow, you know what? That that blonde girl said something that I really resonated. Like it's and like now I'm, I'm going like, to vote for someone different. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's no way if I'm changing your mind, that's that's a concern. That should be like a red flag. Well, if you're changing your mind, you're in the wrong field. You should be going and polling places <laughs> and, and telling people, no, vote for this person. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Clearly, you be a lobbyist. Clearly, is there yeah. a particular order like? When you're like performing, do you like going first or in the middle of the pack, the end? I mean, I know you love the headlines, so obviously the end, but like if you're not headlining. Um, I mean, I think featuring is fun. I do that uh, a lot. Uh, it's a it's not a bad spot, you know, because featuring is like the lucky position where you have longer time. But if the audience doesn't ever like you it's not like the headliner is going to take care of the rest. Right. Right. You, the, you, you know, you can, you can, you can crap out an extra five, 10 minutes and they'll, and, yeah, and they'll, you're like, all right. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Cause you have a lot of time though. I, I do like hosting. I like hosting a lot. The only thing I hate hosting, hosting. Me, really? Yeah. I, and I tell a, you, I tell you why I think it's because I, I, I think I have a hard time switching that brain off. It's like, I'm not the comic tonight. I'm now the host. So like, if I don't get the laughs, you know, I feel like you just don't get those, you know, your jokes don't work as good because you're the host. You're, you're there literally the MC and moving things along. Well, totally. And, and opening, and opening that, the show. Right. So you're going up cold. That's hard. You got to get people amped up. You know, that's a part of the job. Uh, but like, I have a lot of, like, I don't do the childhood cancer joke when I'm hosting. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a, it's a weird. Have you ever done like, the, the joke? And it's then like that doesn't work. No, because the joke's always work. So how do you know it actually, doesn't work? Why wouldn't you do that? 
I actually did it one time uh, hosting at a club in St. Louis and my friend, a comic there, sent me uh, a review that a lady wrote about me on their Facebook page and she was very mad. Uh, (laughs) But the review was like, uh, I will never come back here again. First of all, when I was when the waitress was walking me and my boyfriend to our table, she walked in between us. But which is like, what? Isn't, <laughs> she goes, isn't and, that what they're supposed to do? <laughs> she walked in between them. She didn't hover she, above. As, as if she was like, uh, I'm going to walk behind your boyfriend and look at his fine ass because this man's mine. Like, it's like, what was like, what do you? Um, and then she was like, but then the host came on stage and talked about childhood cancer in her skit. <laughs> she goes. <laughs> oh, my God. She was like, what if somebody in the audience just lost a child to cancer? I know one of my children's classmates just lost a child like you know there are some things that just can't be joked about and yeah my friend because that's like the joke that he he booked me on a show when I first met him uh he's got this like awesome like uh bar room so much fucking fun (laughs) he found it was like all press is good press like he was like (laughs) when I he was like when I saw that I was like oh that's Ellen he was like because it wasn't like oh who could that have because she didn't use your name it was like, who was that? He's like, it's Ellen. She's it's saying she talked about childhood cancer, and that's Ellen Doyle's bit. Like he was like, that's Ellen. <laughs> I only know one comic that does it. It's yeah. Ellen Doyle. No it's one Ellen else. Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Ellen does that bit all the time. She's a monster. So yeah, so I don't do that now. And I have like, uh, I've done a lot of shows that are like PG thirteen. Like I can totally do a set without cussing and without getting sexual. And I realize actually a lot of my material is cleaner than I think. Um, even though some of it's dark because technically the childhood cancer material is clean. <laughs> it is. And it's a great joke. It's a great she joke. Doesn't die in the joke. No. Spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> but the, the way you tell it, people think they, that she did. Your friend did. That's, yeah. <laughs> I love that joke. But that's, I love that joke too. It's a fantastic joke. It's it a, gets it's Kelly. It gets, it gets Carrie guffawing all over the goddamn house. When you tell that joke. Well, I actually loved when her niece was in town. You guys were playing the video games in the backyard. Oh, yeah, Reese. And you and I were playing like Mario Kart or something. Yeah, and you're, you're like giving her life lessons <laughs> as you're sucking down your jewel. Like, listen, let me tell you something about life, kid. <laughs> but Carrie's like, tell her that joke. And I'm like, I can't just like do it off the cuff. You and I are like playing video games. And then I just said it to her. And it was probably the best way I ever performed it. Because it was just like, <laughs> you, weren't thinking. you know what I want? Yeah, I wasn't thinking. I was still playing the game. And it was so funny. Like, I was like, I should just... I should do this joke while, you know, getting involved in some sort of like but she loved yeah, it. ultimate. Yeah, but it works. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, I just, I know it. I actually haven't done it on this tour yet because it's one of the, because it's a tricky joke. Though I still talk, like, I have a spot for it because I talk about uh, how my dad had prostate cancer, which is a hoot and a holler. Um, <laughs> well, dick cancer for you? That's a riot. That's a riot. That's the funniest place to get it. Um <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, here's the point I've been making that I'm like, you know, what's crazy is that, uh, you know, prostate cancer is very, very treatable, you know? So it's like, get your prostate checked. Like my father recovered from it, like had to go through like radiation for a couple months, but he's fine. But I'm like, what's crazy is that breast cancer, they're like, we're just going to take your breasts. You're like, why? That's the reason anyone talks to me. Like, that's not fair. You know, I'm like, but if someone came out of the lab and was like, we cured prostate cancer, they're like, great. They're like, we're just going to cut off the guy's dick. They're like, back in the lab, Joe, get back in there. No, that's not the cure. But for, for some reason, breast cancer, they're like, that's fine. And I'm like, what? 
don't take it. It's true. It's true. <laughs> right? I'm like, it's so unfair. Like, is this, there's no, well, there's no middle ground. You can't be like, well, listen, we just got to shave off a little bit of the penis here where the where the tuber is. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like, no, don't touch it. Just don't, you know. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the fact that if that was the cure, it had to have been at a certain point because it's definitely the cure for breast cancer. They're like, we're just going to take your boobs. Now you don't have friends or a boyfriend. And you're like, oh, that's not off fair. your penis. Yeah, like some guy would be like, nope, hand me a gun and have my oldest shoot me in the face. Okay. <laughs> I'm going out his daddy. <laughs> I will go down with the ship. That's right. I don't care. I'm the patriarch of this family. <laughs> oh, you kill me like a man. Penis intact, cancer and all. They could take our tits, in- <laughs> but they could never take That's our right. penis. That's right. It's so, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, you know, speaking of how it's hard for women in all parts of the fuck being alive. It's even hard being having cancer as a woman. <laughs> Uh, we cured you. <laughs> and if anybody's offended about the breast cancer joke, my mom had breast cancer. I'm not offended. Get over it. Um, well, a couple more things I want to talk to you. What is so? What is the best? What is the best show you've ever done? Like, what do you think, in your opinion, is the best show you've ever done, or the best place to do? Like, what's the best uh, venue that you've done? Um, I don't know. It's tricky. Like, I like a lot of them. Kind of depends on like what. Uh, you're in the mood for. I really, I love the slow festival, not just because we brought it up earlier, but that is an amazing festival. The They've been doing it for, I think, 10 years now. And there's nothing going on in that town at that time, which is why they picked it. Mm. And so now the town just like loves it and the shows are packed and they're so into every, every kind of comp, like, you know, you, they, they just, they love it. They want it all. They want every type. Um, and that's always a lot of fun. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, so I have the question that we, I can, we can, we can, you can think about it and we can talk about the worst place you've done it. I'm sure you, those have stuck in your head unless you don't want, unless you don't want to shit on a specific, specific person and or place. So you don't get invited back. I, I understand. We don't have to talk about that. I mean, I probably won't get invited back to South Carolina. They don't like me now. Um, <laughs> because of that joke. Well, it's crazy because the the guy the the manager saw me the night before when I won, and he was like amazing. And the next night he was like, "All right, bye." And I'm like, "Dude, fuck off!" Like, you know, not to mention uh, the competitions are weird like that because it's like you're doing like ten minutes, like where it's like I could do an hour. Right, right. Like you know, and I could not even do this. You could even be like, "Hey, tonight's hour. Like, make sure you don't make any dead baby jokes." I'm like, "No problem." Even there goes twenty five minutes of my act. No problem. (laughs) I love dead baby jokes. Yeah, we'll do a bunch of crowd work. Not a big deal. <laughs> I will ask everybody in the audience where they're from and what they do for the life. Like, you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything, like, so bad. I think, I honestly think more so it's not necessarily the venue. It's, like, the the crowd or the, the place that you're doing it at. Because I can have fun anywhere. Like, if... You know, I'm sitting in a hotel lobby right now. If someone was like, hey, do you want to do a comedy show? I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> sure. Like, okay, I guess so. Sure. How much time do I get? Um, like, I do it. But it, sometimes it's like the demographics. I will say, as, as far as maybe this can answer your question, not so much a venue, but um, I have this theory about how I actually think red states are easier to perform in than blue states. And my theory is because red states uh, are usually religious. And if you say some fucked up shit, they're like, they have to be joking. 
because God don't make no junk, you know, but blue states, <laughs> but blue states are usually atheists. And so you say something horrible. They're like, you're an asshole. Yeah. Like, there's no one to blame, but you, because I had a, I, I did a run uh, a couple of summers point. ago. Yeah. It's but really I did a run, a run a couple of summers ago in a, uh, Portland, Oregon. And I was there for six days. It took me three shows to get them on board. Like wow. they were, and it was crazy. Like, and it wasn't like I bombed, but like, it just wasn't like, I wasn't getting the reactions that I was used to. And I'm like, what do you guys want? And then finally my, my buddy was in town. He's from up there. It was around the 4th of July. Uh, a family friend gave us acid for free. Cause it's Portland. Just like, Hey, you guys want acid? We're like, yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> and so he's my friend's like, we should go. I had a show. He's like, we'll go, we'll take, we'll, we'll, we'll trip my, uh, my one friend works as a bartender at the strip club. We'll go to the strip club. And I'm like, great. Because Portland loves their strip clubs. Oh, so yeah. I trip. Most, most, most strip clubs per capita. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and they're crazy. So we like trip on acid at this strip club. And then the next night I opened my set with Portland. It's been a long time for me to understand. I don't get you guys. But last night I tripped my face off at a strip club. I was like, and I finally understand. And then everything hit after that. Like I was like, I just had to embrace your culture. Like I had to just <laughs> you had to connect on a certain level and then they, they yeah. accept you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I go to a Texas show, I eat barbecue as soon as I get there and I just crush, you know. <laughs> but it's like if you <laughs> it's like I needed to do your weird cultural shit. Um, but it was but I think a lot of it was just like they're so it's a it's an uptight area. Yeah. You know, it's an area where everybody has the same opinions, but yet they're still mad at each other somehow. You know, well, that's like, just the world in general. It is, but it's funny because it's like, you know, sometimes blue gets, gets you know, you could be like, hey, I'm liberal. And someone's like, yeah, cool, me too. And they're like, but do you do this? You're like, oh, that seems weird. They're like, well, then you're not. Like, And you're like, oh, my God. I'm not saying that the other side isn't that way either, not to get political about it. But that's what I thought was crazy. I'm like, it's so hard to kind of every day there's like a new word that I don't know. <laughs> and I'm trying to be there's a something part new of that everyone, <laughs> Everyone's getting offended about and we don't know yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying. Have you uh, uh, yeah. have you gone anywhere like international perform like Edinburgh Fringe or anything like that? I did do Edinburgh Fringe. What'd you do? What'd you think of it? Because I love I love Edinburgh Fringe. Did you do it? No, I've been. I haven't done. Yeah, it. it's yeah, it's amazing even to see. Like yeah, yeah. it's it's a beast. Yeah, I was there, uh, 2019 Edinburgh Fringe. Um, I was there for the whole month. Oh, that's I, right. That's right. And then you came back. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's yeah right. I was there Why for the whole month. Um, and uh, it was wild. Like uh, I did my my buddy, a really good friend from back home actually runs the Scranton Fringe Festival. And he's always into fringe stuff. So he brought a show that needed uh, a sound person. And he was like, will you come with me and run sound? So I was like, okay. And then just logged on to their forums to be like all right well now i'm a comic let's find shows and i mean finding shows was insane like it was just like boom 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 like before i was even you know out of the country like i already had like i was pretty much booked wow you know and then you're finding shows there and they were so fun because like a lot of their a lot of their shows have like weird game show elements or like um the one i got booked on consistently was through this australia group it was called the dirty show and they kept booking me before all of my dead baby material they're like that's why we bring you back <laughs> they were like you don't understand we hate americans you would, like, americans. I, 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 honestly you would kill it if you were in australia i mean when i was there i loved it I, it was the, the highlight I of would, my stand-up 
Uh, did you do it there? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's what that's that's why I really feel like I came on my own like doing comedy was over there because, you know, in New York, you know, doing stamp New York is great because there's all these bars, pizza shops, whatever you want to call them. You right. can do five, six in a night. You know, but you're performing in front of other comics that are that hate their lives just like us, right, and, right. and they're not paying attention. You're not getting what you want. You know, like they're not, they're not giving you the feedback, the natural feedback that you want from the jokes. You're like, I don't know if this right. joke works. I performed in front of seven people that were writing their own fucking jokes while I'm telling my jokes. It's totally so. What was great about Australia is like Australia, and I guess it's I could I, it, this could be the same in smaller towns across the United States. Was that going to Australia live entertainment? You know, in New York you have Broadway, you have this show, you have this underground show. So it's like, why am yeah. I gonna? Oh, I'll, I'll, I can't make it to your show tonight, Zach. I'll come to the one of the other fifty thousand ones you're gonna be doing this year at some <laughs> totally. fucking you know at, at at John and Vinny's. You know, where Australia it's like. They had like you know three or four or five rooms that were were big, and you could do them all every you know throughout the the week. But they paid you to it to, to do it. You didn't have to worry about bringing people to do five to ten yeah. minutes or buying a drink to get on stage. It was like oh, I get to sit back, I get to focus on my material in front of actual genuine audience, not like made not majority made up of co comics, and right. get that feedback that you want for your joke, and you get to really craft it. And that's why I feel like I really took off and then yeah. after a year being there uh moved back to you know the states because my visa ran out and you know it's like a new york minute you know if you're not there for six months people forget who you are they want to put you on shows yeah. and then the shows you're going to are just again like 10 people and half of its com comics in the audience you're not getting the reaction yeah well and it's funny because new york and and la are are similar like that like those showcase cities where yeah yeah and and like the the bringer shit which i like I get like when you're first starting out, but like, it's, it's so hard to kind of like rise up and be like, how do I prove to you that I'm not this schmuck over here? Yeah. And I really do think that what at least helped me was that I was like, I went on the road that I'm like, it's a, I can come back and do five minutes. No problem. Because it's like, I just, I've just done hours over and over again, yeah. you know, 45 minutes. So this, like, it, it's so natural to me. It's like where, it, and sometimes you're grasping to being like, I only have this five minutes. I need the right person to see it. The best thing you could do in those big cities is to get out of them yeah. and then come back to them. But nobody I, I tell, really, no one tells you that because everyone like even with even with like the like you said you took a class. Yeah. I, I people were like, you know, there were I remember there were my dad was like, Well, I'll sign you up for class at like Gotham Comedy Club or blah blah blah. And then every comic I talked to in New York was like, Don't fucking do that. You're spending money on someone that you might get a tape from. There's a million fucking shows and bars here. Just go and fucking perform, you'll get better at it. And I'm like, right. and I and and now talking to you about talking to you about this whole thing, it probably would have benefited me to maybe take the class because again, then I get a tape and I can present the tape to clubs. And the tape is is always if you take a class, the tape is good quality. Yeah, because that's the problem too. Because then I've also done stuff after the fact and got tape at a, at a club that was decent, but the tape sucked. Yeah, you know, and it's like it, like I have this one tape from uh, a, a club in Pasadena. Um, that I will not name names, so you know what I'm talking about. But they, uh, it sound like the it's on this shitty handy cam. The sound isn't set up correctly. I'm blown out for the most part. Yeah. But you don't hear the audience at all, so you it sounds like I'm a psychopath, and then I just pause because there's laughter, but you don't hear it because of the way the cam. Like I don't know what there's the no hell there's no audience up. mics. There's nothing. There's no multi mixer. There's nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that. I'm like that tape. The fact that you guys didn't mic the audience, like that tape is useless. Yeah, it's useless to me. Um, and honestly, like I actually want to teach a class because um, I got a bunch of opinions about 
uh, like people not childhood cancer and how to get it and like where to. <laughs> I got a lot of opinions, people. I got a lot of opinions. Look, there's so many ways to die. And you could have already done it if you tried. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, no, like I, I, I think a class with anything helps. Cause like, here's the thing. It's like, you know, you still have to go and do the, do the open mics yeah. and do the shit shows. You still have to do that. But what's wrong? The class gives you a network. Now you've met other people that want to do it. You know, so you at least have always some like a writing partner now that you've met, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether that develops into something or not, you know, and like you're still networking. And on top of it, like someone might say something that you're like, oh, I never thought of that. Could I probably find all this information on my own? Yeah. Like, could I get better by just eating a dick at a show constantly? Sure. But the class sometimes puts it into perspective because remember, how many people have you seen that are terrible? Thousands. And like week after week, like they're, they just walk around like they're like one of the best. And it's like, where are you going? You know, the class, for the most part, will point out to you where you're where you need to clean up stuff, you know, because sometimes you don't realize it. You don't realize that it's like, oh, I'm being too wordy or yeah. I'm not I'm not being confident or I'm not being authentic or you know, that Your stage you know, presence a, is weak. You know, you're not like, you know, you're, right. not, you're looking down at the floor. You're not looking in the audience and making eye contact. Yeah. And there's another thing about the fact that like, you know, like Jim Gaffigan writes with his wife. You know what I mean? Like he has a writing team. All major comics have writing teams. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Gaffigan didn't come up with like 40 tags for bacon on his own. He probably came up with a lot of them, but other people came up with those. And, and the class should make you realize that it's like you, you can, gain from like you know i've gotten tags from people and it's funny because i've met comics who uh and they're in like the smaller scenes like back in pennsylvania where like i'll sit at a mic and i'll hear their set which one the fact that i'm listening should be flattering because i'm not usually listening um but then i'll give them a tag and they'll be like oh yeah that's funny and i'm like yeah take it you know and they're like well, I don't want to take it. It's your joke. And it's like, I'm not going to go home and write a bit based on total eclipse of the heart and my anxiety <laughs> just to have this tag, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's your joke. Take it, then take be, it. Or don't take it, but I'm not doing it. Or don't it take it. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, cause you'd be pissed off if I did come back next week and I wrote a better version of it with my tag and you'd be like, that's my joke. That's my premise. Yeah, it is. I gave you the tag. Um, cause honestly, it's like, if you, if you wanted to become a better screenwriter, you know, it's like, then write stuff. Right. But wouldn't it help at a certain point to be like, I'm just going to take a class because there's so much you could do banging your head against your laptop being like, right. is this working? Is this working? And I think it's the same with comedy and people shit on it because I think a lot, because a lot of comics can't explain what's happening. They're just good at it. I agree with you. That. Know? I completely agree and I'm not, that. and I'm not going to say that there's not bad classes. There's bad classes for everything, but just because you can't explain it, just because you wouldn't be a good teacher, but you're a good comic, that's fine. Yeah. You know, but there are people that would help them kind of feel less terrified to walk into that open mic the first time without having any, they don't even know what to talk about. Yeah. You know, where a class could be like, these are the types of jokes. These are the types of ways you could set stuff up. Like, what are things that make you upset? Let's write down that list. Now we'll write material about that. Like, it helps you. Of course, a hundred percent. And that's something that people don't think about because it's just... You know, again, it's just like, just get up and perform. You'll be fine. You'll figure it out as you go. That's what this is all about. Well, and it's funny, too, because a lot of those people have never performed ever. Right. 
you know, and I had been a dancer since I was two years old, which is the funniest thing you could do. Like what a silly art form in general, but like the fact that I could confidently do that, but I would still take a comedy class. Cause it's like, I, the stage presence thing didn't bother me, you know? And that's a lot of people's struggles where it's like, you're really funny with your friends, but it's so scary when like all eyes are on you and you don't know these people like, yeah, that's a horrible feeling. Right, right. But it's funny. Cause it's like, those are the people that could really use someone honestly, like I will say, like I've taken classes where I think teachers have blown smoke up people's asses, you know, and I'm like, why, like, just because you want them to Sign take your for, class again, yeah. you know, sign up for, but for level two. Yeah. But I've taken uh, some classes where people are so honest, you know, and they're not shitty about it. It's, it's criti- it's constructive criticism, but it's you only way you're going to get that better. Yeah. And, and like, it's helpful. It's helpful. Like you, I, I like having, you know, honestly, most people that teach a class are bookers anyway. So it's like, yeah. it's actually not a bad idea to take the class because then you're at least on their roster because the only other way to do it is to hope that they're at the fucking club open mic when you're there. Yeah, like yeah. It, you have to think of it as like a, a tactical thing and not as a people who are going to teach me how to be funny. It's like, no one's teaching me how to be funny, but I'm getting an opinion of someone who's been in the business three decades longer than me, you know, on what they, what they're looking at how they're perceiving yeah. me. That's, that's value in itself. I, I get real mad when people shit on classes because I, it's, it's so much of that in the arts with anything. I and mean, it shouldn't be that way, you know? Yeah. And I just shit on classes. So that was a great way to end this interview because I was shitting on classes. Fantastic. Don't take, no. you didn't, you no. didn't shit on I classes. Shit. You said you wish you took one. Like, well, I, but no, so you were, I took, I, I wish I took an improv, a stand up. I took improv class. I took class at UCB because um, you know, I had never really like you, you, even though you, you know, like you've been dancing and you were dancing since you were two, I had a little bit of stage work. I didn't have a lot. So I really want to get comfortable with the awkwardness of being on stage. And I feel like improv is a great way to do it because you're not, you're not planning anything to say. And you right. know, after about two or three years of taking improv, it really, I've really, it, it, and being in Australia, I realized the improv teachings really helped me with my um, crowd work and oh, then yeah. coming up with a joke right there or thinking of something funny right there because otherwise I'm sitting there reciting what I wrote down. Oh no. And then you sound like a robot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You lose that, that voice and authenticity. Yeah. Everyone knows you're bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not yeah. you. but No, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. I know what you mean. It's you should quit. I'm glad you did. No. <laughs> I'm coming back this year. 2021 is going to be my year. And if not, then 2022. And then, I mean, listen, I, I'll, I'll never be. Here's the thing. I, I'm with Carrie. I'm never going to be as fun as Carrie. Carrie is like the CEO of funny. She is so good. She's so funny. Her character work is spectacular. When I feel down, I mean, in yours as well, actually, I watch your, I, I don't know if it keeps counting my view, but I've definitely watched your uh, White Claw video like 600 <laughs> times. <laughs> I wish Sorry. it did. I wish it did. Otherwise, I, I, did I, I would have a lot more f- viewers. No, I watch that. I watch that when I feel bummed out, and I watch Carrie's uh, uh like a lot of her characters. She's, got, She's so like yeah. the. Uh, I want her like to record so more. You're 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 hard it is to get that woman to record stuff because like here's the thing: she'll record 
when I'm not around. She gets really organic and natural and like improv when I'm not around. So like I'll be in the shower and all of a sudden I hear her start singing in like some crazy ass <laughs> character or in the bathroom taking a shit and all of a sudden she's like, Tito, oh, and she starts doing it with Tito and the, and the cat. And then I come out, I'm like, what'd you do? She goes, what? I, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting here. I was like, bitch, I heard you fucking in the other room. You were, you were, you were, had multiple personalities. Right. The fuck you talking about? I just about? got a notification on my phone from Instagram. You just posted. <laughs> She has so much shit she never posts. And she's like, she's like, I need to get a following. I'm like, then post, post oh, your shit. So, I know I'm so bad about social media too, we but she's got so much great. I think like, yeah, it it's just it's moving so quickly. You don't even know what the fuck to do with it. Exactly. It's like sometimes I'm like, I have this really great idea, and then I'm like, okay, let me put it up there. And then I'm like, oh, I'm gonna add a little filter. And then by the time I get to that point, I'm like, this is this funny to people like me? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> like, and then you're like, I'm just gonna go sit somewhere and look at someone else's Instagram and be like, why do they have four million followers and I have six? <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. It is great. You do a lot of great stuff, though. I love your Instagram. Thanks. You should I follow, uh, for anyone who's listening, you should follow, do you plug yourself? Okay. <laughs> follow uh, Ellen Doyle at The Broken Adult, right? This Broken Adult. It's, oh, it's Broken Adult. It's Broken Adult? This. Oh, This Broken Adult. Follow yes. Ellen Doyle at This Broken Adult. Not This Broken Adult, but This Broken Adult. Um, Ellen, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. really taking the time. Uh, have fun in Wisconsin. Uh, have a lot of I'm cheese. I'm in Minneapolis. Uh, whatever, yeah. whatever. Same <laughs> shit. The fucking Finger Lakes. All right. Completely, it's, different, it's, it's completely all, different state. The Finger Lakes are in New York. <laughs> Listen, my geography is not good. There's New York. Someone, someone shared a map today. It's like, this is what people from outside of the country think uh, the United <laughs> States is. It's New York. <laughs> Texas, Los Angeles. And that's what's in my mind. Everything that's in between Los Angeles and New York is just Texas. Texas. It's just Texas. Texas is that big. It goes from Chicago, Illinois, down to fucking Texas. That's how big Texas yes, is. It is. I'm actually I'm actually further up from that. Can you believe it? I've never been to this state, so it's actually exciting. Well, they're drunks. Well, that's enjoy what you have to know it. about the Midwest. Well, enjoy. Yeah, they're all mid enjoy it. Have fun. Uh, be safe. Uh, I love you. I love you, too. Thanks and, for having uh, me. I hope to see you in Los Angeles on my couch very soon. Yeah, invite me back. Well, you can come <laughs> back anytime. Let me know when you guys need couch rent. <laughs> <laughs> or couch we pizza. To, Whatever. Yeah, that's how to, I pay rent. <laughs> that's right. We need to find some money in this couch. Let's lay Ellen on top of it and see if she has a couple bucks in her bank account. <laughs> we'll just shake found, her up and down. That's it. Found <laughs> money between the cushions. We found it. We found it. <laughs> Uh, thank you, though. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to thank you soon. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, bye. Bye.